Blog Talk Radio. After the death of Solomon, God divided the kingdom of Israel into two houses. There were ten tribes in the northern kingdom known as the Lost Tribes of Israel. They were cast out into the world because of their great sin against God. However, God promised in the last days He would gather these lost tribes back to Israel before the return of our Lord. Unknowingly, some of the churches made up of these lost tribes known as the house of Ephraim. God is now calling them to prepare to come back home to the land He gave our fathers. The call to prepare has been sounded. Ephraimites and Shalom. This is your host, Mark Reinbold, and this is the House of Ephraim show today. We do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Deckard. But first, a word from our announcers. And now, from Cradle of Hope are some important announcements for you. This month, from Cradle of Hope is a must-have gift offer, the transition of the church. God has transitioned the church since the days of the book of Acts. Don't miss out on this last and greatest move of God. Jesus Christ is returning for a church full of power and glory. This transition will bring the church forward. Send a gift of $25 or more. Call today and get free shipping if you ask for the Transition of Church gift offer. Call 618-262-2810 or go online at jewishprofit.com. Send a gift of $25 or more and ask for the Transition of the Church gift offer. Hey, welcome back in this show. It's Mark Reinbold. Got a couple announcements to make before we get going here with our great, great show we have in, in store for you. I just want to remind everyone that we do have a website, www.jewishprofit.com. That's www.jewishprofit.com. And for all you uh, new people out there, maybe the first time, that you've been on, please check that website out. You're going to find out who we are, and you're going to get a hold of a lot of material that you've never seen before. And you want to check that material out because you're going to start to learn the Word of God. And I'm telling you what, what a great opportunity that is. We also have a quarterly coming up here, and you can get more information about that by clicking on the itinerary button on the front page there in the upper left-hand corner and find out what the quarterly and where it's going to be. It's going to be over in Fairfield, Illinois out what we call lovingly the corn patch, and you can be a part of that and begin to learn the material straight from the throne room of God. And I'm telling you what, that is a great opportunity, folks. So grab a hold of this and begin to prepare and to plan and get yourself down here and find out for yourself what's going on, and you can become part of this last day move of God, the house of Ephraim. And again, you can get all that information out at the website, www.jewishprofit.com. We also have fellowships available online. So, you know, if you're out there and you don't have a local fellowship or, or you want to begin to learn about the material and begin to plug in with the material, not only do we have this blog every day, but we also have fellowships available online. That's via Ustream.tv, and we have one on Friday night. I teach one myself Friday night. You can become part of that. There's also a Wednesday midweek service. And we teach only the prophet's material so that you're assured of learning the right material at the right time. What an opportunity, again, that all is. So, again, if you don't already have a fellowship in your area or you just are interested in learning more about what's going on, please consider joining up with that. 
and you can get more information just by emailing us at cradle at jewishprofit.com. That's cradle at jewishprofit.com. And just say, hey, I'd like to sign up for that Shabbat service that Mark was talking about, and certainly love to get you hooked up. If you want to do it just by the telephone, we can do that also. And you can give the office a call, 618-262-2810, and find out more about that also. Like I said earlier, we do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Decker. You have the power, through the name of Yeshua, to raise the dead inside of you. The Holy Ghost, the Rahakadish, is waiting for you to release the power, which is Him, the name of Yeshua, and turn this world upside down. Why isn't it happening? One of the reasons is intercession. But it's there. When you get to the point when you get to the point where you ask, okay, and you get to the point where bless God you seek, you're gonna find. You're gonna find. As I said, you know, where God wants us to get is where our dependency is on Him 100%. You don't have a bank account, it's going to bail you out. See, let me, let me stop and say something. That's going to be, and already is, one of the biggest hindrances. It, it, it's the fact that people want to wait until they are ready. You better be ready and get ready every day. You better get the image, which I think I did, what, Monday or Wednesday on blog. And if you haven't heard that, go pick it up on the archives and listen to it because it's big-time important stuff. You're going to have to get the image, not, not, not the reasons why. Let's see now. As soon as the Lord God checklist does this, 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 don't forget about that and that and that, we'll be ready to go. No, you won't. You're not going to be ready to go until you say, I'm ready, and you don't look at your circumstances or how you're going to get there. Again, folks, the problem is you're still wearing diapers and sucking on a nipple. I can't seem to bring you out of that. Some of you are coming. I, I, I praise God for that. But we're going to have to break this piece of bondage of the flesh and understand from what I'm teaching this weekend, you're going to have to begin to intercede every day. Folks, this is big-time serious stuff. That's the reason you're sitting here listening to a big-time serious prophet. This isn't a game. This is going to happen. The awesome responsibility that I have that I detest is I have to get you ready. I have to convince you that there is another world besides what you see. I have to convince you that, bless God, you're going to have to listen to this prophet. You're going to have to grow up. You're going to have to become, in this case, intercessors like the church hasn't seen since the days of Acts. Okay? That's where we're going to. We're going to bring forth out of this group intercessors like there were in the book of Acts. That's not afraid to believe God. Not afraid to believe for themselves, okay? Well, we're working on it. Rome wasn't built in a day. <laughs> or was it? Well, let's be careful. Be careful. Now, 
when, when, you, when you really, uh, you know, and, you, and of course you just keep asking, all right? Uh, uh, let's go, let's turn with me to Luke, uh, Luke 11, Luke 11, 5. And, and of course this w- was a great illustration, Luke, Luke 11, 5 through 10. And he said unto them, Which of you shall have a friend and shall go unto him at midnight? Don't become beaten on my door at midnight. And say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves. <laughs> well, for a friend of mine in his journey has come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. And, and he from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not. The door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give thee. I understand that statement. I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him, because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needed. Now, what does this this importunity mean? It means persistence. He kept on knocking. He wouldn't give up. Okay, now listen. And I say unto you, ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened to you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and him that knocketh, it shall be opened. All right? Daniel's a perfect uh, example of that, and you need to go back into Daniel. I, I think it's uh, the 10th chapter. If it's not, look it up in your concordance. But uh, Daniel had to continue to knock despite the fact that he saw no visible um, results of, of what he was praying, didn't he? We know that sin, uh, Satan hindered um, uh, the great archangel, and uh, that's all there was to it. Now, in, uh, turn with me in Ephesians 6:18, which again I think you uh, know or should know. Okay, Ephesians 6:18 says, "Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all." Circle the word all. Not just your family and you, all, everybody, for all saints. Now, another um, translation of that, I don't remember which one I took it from, is praying with every kind of prayer, okay? Now, the word intercession could be defined as holy, believing, Preserving prayer, whereby someone pleads with God on the behalf of another, or others who desperately need God's intervention. And that's what it is. All right, now I don't expect uh, you'd have caught all that to probably to have written it all down, but get the CDs and you'll be all right with it. Now, so when we examine, okay, when we examine all of this, we begin to find something out that's very, very important, that it was all placed into the Word. You have, again, the power given you by God within you, okay? We are to pray always. That's a command, okay? We are to pray always. Now, the problem is, if you've never learned to pray, you don't worry about praying always, okay? 
You ain't gonna get there. Why? Because you gotta learn to pray. You gotta learn. You have to learn. Amen. You gotta set the alarm. You gotta make yourself get up. You gotta make yourself come home from from work and 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 have if you're eating, eat and bless God, play with the kids for a while and get yourself off in the other room, bedroom, whatever. Shut the door. Get on your face before God and pray. I didn't say prayed. I said pray. Okay. You got you got to understand that. You have to cause yourself to become a prayer warrior. Folks, it's not going to happen. I can pour oil on you by the buckets, and it's not going to instantly, magically, cause you to be a prayer warrior. Prayer warriors, of, uh, warriors of any kind, are made. How are they made? They're made through, bless God, training. This is no different than what we do. Again, I, I, brothers and sisters, I love the systematic way in which God is doing all this. You know, I've been at this a lot of years. There's a lot of things I'd rather be up here probably teaching you this weekend than besides intercession, because that's what I am. But it's important to you. But, you know, when I look back on this and begin to realize the, the way God brought this to you, to bring it to this point where I could teach you intercession, some kind of God. And like I said, some of you are ready, some of you aren't, and God helped the rest. But it's not too late, and it never will be too late. I don't, I, it doesn't matter if you just are new and coming in. What matters is, please, don't try to start out with intercession. It's all right for you to have heard this. It's all right for you to have taken the notes. It's all right for you to get the... get. But, but you need to get out, the, out, out there at the, at the table, the book table, and you need to get with the gals out there and ask them, what's first things first? Second things second. Because, you see, if God has made me through, was it six or seven years of this? Anybody know? Seven? Well, whatever, I'm having such a good time, it just doesn't matter. Donna's raising up six fingers. Okay, we'll go with that. But, you see, by bringing you in such a manner in which God has, He hadn't dumped all this on you. If, if, if I had have come without seeking God, and we'd have started five years ago in the intercession, I would have had such a mess that it wouldn't be funny. The old story of it is you cannot get the cart in front of the horse, okay? You've got to keep the horse in front of the cart so everything goes right. And that's what God has done, and, and I hope that you appreciate what God has done here, folks. I hope you're appreciating. And I'm not saying, I'm not asking you to appreciate me. I'm asking you to appreciate this God. There's a right way for things to happen. Again, as you hear me all the time and the other brothers say all the time, the church couldn't teach you this because they had not a major prophet with revelation knowledge. Now, revelation knowledge is knowledge that comes straight from the throne room. But God said, I'll do nothing except I first reveal my secret and do my servants the prophets. Not the pastors, not the evangelists, not the teachers, not even the apostles, the prophets. Just thank God 
that you're learning this right. And let me tell you something. For the ones of you that have come along in this thing, and, and, and listen, don't, you know, I'm... Do you remember when you went to school, the teachers that was the hardest on you, you didn't like them very well, but you learned more from them than you did anybody else, didn't you? And you probably respected them. I know I did more than the rest of them. They weren't there for a paycheck. They were there to teach you something. And they were going to teach you something, weren't they? Amen, they were. I thank God. We don't have many of those left. There's not very many teachers like that anymore. It's all about money. Hmm? Happens, doesn't it? All right, let's, let's move on now. We're having such a good time, okay? First uh, Peter 2.5. Turn there with me. First Peter 2.5. Ye also, as lively stones, are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God but Jesus Christ. Wow. We're lively stones. Build up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood. First Peter two nine, right on down. But you are a chosen generation. Say I'm a chosen generation. Say a royal priesthood. We are a holy nation. We are a peculiar people. Wow. Welcome to the club. <laughs> yeah, you people are peculiar, okay? <laughs> what does that make you? I don't even want to go there. Where that makes you. We're of a royal priesthood. See, the balance is real fine. It's a fine line in this. Not to become proud and boasters and high-minded and heady. But at the same time... I'm of the royal priesthood. So are you. Folks, I've told you from the beginning, we're not the back end of the bus. We are the front end of the bus. You and I, this organization, are the chosen of God in this hour and this time. Now, I don't know that the church would throw, is throwing rocks. The rest of the church would never agree with that. But like I said, when they stand here and sit here and die... And God has saved us, and He will. Maybe some of them's going to wish they hadn't been quite so judgmental. But we need to kind of throw our shoulders back a little bit. So, wow. Did you ever stop and think about of all the people that's on the face of this earth, you're here? Give us some thought, folks. All the people on the face of this earth, you're here this weekend. Why? You're chosen. You're the, of the royal priesthood. Wow. And, and folks, I think that if you, again, we've got to get, we, we've, we're still need to get inside of here, meaning each of us in our own minds, and we've got to start changing the way that we're thinking about this. This isn't just another move of God. This is the last move of God that there's ever going to be on the face of this earth. There aren't going to be any more. 
it will go down as one of the greatest moves of God that there has ever been on this earth. I didn't say the greatest. I said one of the greatest. And yet we're having a little bit of trouble. No, we're having quite a bit of trouble getting some of you potty trained. Say I. I. No, forget it. I'm going to get to medal, and then I'm going to have to spend, like I said, my dinner hour, my lunch time, interceding for myself. Uh, all right, let's. Let, here we go. Uh, now, uh, I said Peter, First Peter two nine. Do I get to the you're a chosen generation, royal priesthood, a holy nation? Yes, peculiar people. And you said amen to the peculiar part. See, that's why all your neighbors, friends, people you used to go to church with don't, don't, uh, it isn't like they don't like you, okay? I mean, after all, you did lose Jesus. <laughs> you know, I told, I told one person quite a ways years ago, I said, do you really think we're that stupid? Do you really think that we give up eternal life? Well, you have. You went back to the law. I said, you know what? Show me where that, the word says that. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you, even if you make your bed in hell. It's time to grow up, folks. The problem is they are without truth. They don't have the right information. Most of them don't have any information at all. They just have religion. I said, do you really think that we're that stupid? Well, you must be. You're back to, you're back to keeping the law. I said, really? Well, where were we to stop the law? Well, with Jesus. I said, oh, show me that. So I said, and you know what? They can't show you because it's not there. Well, they can take some scripture and twist it around, but anybody can do that. But we'll take scripture that you don't do anything with, but just read and say, there it is. Hallelujah. <laughs> Revelation 1.5, please. Book of Revelation, first chapter, fifth verse. Hallelujah. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead... And the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. That's how much he interceded and loved us. Was he willing to lay his life down? And he did. Mm -hmm. Now, well, I'm going to tell you what. It, it, you know, it's easy again to say what I would do hypothetically, and you the same way about anything that you know that you're involved in. We don't ever know. That, that's the reason when I teach faith, I, I tell you that wait until you get yourself, your life in a bind. The next time, listen to what your mouth says, and then you will know what you really believe. What? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Amen. When something goes wrong, if the first thing you say, oh, the devil this, the devil that, or, oh, woe's me, and oh, woe's you, and everybody else, then you're missing the mark. But that's what you believe. And, and you're going to have to understand, you've got, you know, and again, guys, this is what? 
This is the elementaries of what I begin to do with you on faith of getting you to understand. You've got to put a watch on this. You've got to get yourself where you shut your mouths and quit speaking doubt and unbelief. Because if that's what you're speaking, that's what you believe. And if that's what you believe, you're in a heap of trouble. And some of you are doing better with it, and some of you, bless God, aren't trying at all anymore. Say shame. 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 Oh, that come down nice. That was... <laughs> I like that. I like that. Irregardless, I love you. And if I didn't, I wouldn't be here. Okay? But you see, I am a hard taskmaster because... If I left this up to you, and I put all this in folders and mailed them to you and said, Okay, now, boys and girls, okay? Now, you study all this, and we're going to get together five years later. Well, this would be easy for me on me, wouldn't it? And, and five years later, we're all going to get together and praise God what is going to take place in this service five years later. I wouldn't even show up, Okay? I wouldn't even bother to come down. And I probably live closer than any of you, that some of you that come a long way. Why? You won't learn anything. You won't learn all that you need to know. Why? Because we are flesh and blood. How many knows that we're lazy? I got my hand. I always get my. See, I have the advantage. I ask the question, but it's on my, I get mine up first. Okay? We all tend to be lazy. We're all looking for a shortcut. We're all looking for a way to get to this place of intercession I'm talking about without learning to fast, without learning to pray. We're all there. Now, with the plan that God has, and boy, it's a dandy, He chose me. Okay? He chose me taught me, after 40 years of this, so that I could teach you. This message here, I was doing somewhere about 1978, okay? So it ain't nothing new to me. It is to you, and I know that. The Scriptures, oh, no, you probably read the Scriptures. But the anointing of God to bring forth and push it. I'm pushing the anointing at you this weekend. I'm not driving it in you. I'm pushing it at you, and you have an opportunity to receive it, or you have an opportunity to reject it. That, that's, see, that's a wonderful thing about doing what I do with God. I, God's not got me in this to make you do anything. He's got me in this for me to present to you, to present to you the truth. Then you decide whether or not you want to partake. And like good children, most of you, partake. A few of you nod heads and you still need to be taken out behind the shed, okay? Because you just still haven't got come to the grips that somehow you think you're going to grab onto the tassels of the prophet. And you're just going to let me pull you through. Well, I can pull you to a certain extent through intercession. I agree with that. But I can't bring you all the way in. And you know, I, you know, I keep saying I probably every quarter... Come on, we got, we, you have to grow up. You've got to give up and give in. Just, just stop this childish stuff. 
stop thinking that bless God that just because you keep Shabbat and the, and, and the festivals and, and new moon that bless God that, that you know and give your tithes and offerings that, that bless God well that well I got I'm a shoe in stop thinking that way you are to seek the kingdom of God first we'll get to that here in a bit a couple more scriptures and we're going to wrap this thing up who knows Okay. Now, let's go to Hebrews 7, 11. Hebrews 7, 11. Sounds like a story they saw about to get, huh? Maybe Paul had one of those. We just didn't, didn't make the scripture. Let's go down to Paul 7, 11. We'll meet in the back room tonight. Here's the sign of the fish. No. I don't know. I wasn't there. Okay. Thank God I probably wasn't there. Hebrews 7.11. If therefore perfection were by the Levitical priesthood, now listen to this, for under it the people received the law, what further need was there that another priest should rise after the order of Melchizedek and not be called after the order of Aaron? Now, I want to listen to this because we're going to straighten out some of this Law and Yeshua thing, okay, that we don't need the law anymore. Twelve, for the priesthood being changed, okay, it's been changed, there is made of necessity a change also in the law. God forbid. For he of whom these things are spoken pertaineth to another tribe, which no man gave attendance at the altar. For it is evident that our Lord sprang out of Judah and of which tribe Moses spake nothing concerning the priesthood, and is yet far more evident for that after the similitude of Melchizedek, there ariseth another priest, who is made, not after the law of a carnal commandment, but after the power of an endless life. For he testifieth, thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek, for there is verily a disannulling of the commandment unto before for the weakness and unprofitableness thereof. For the law made nothing perfect, but the bringing in a better hope did, by the which we draw nigh unto God. Now, what he's doing here, and uh, you know, the battle's always been, because Paul didn't write his name here, the, the, the writings in the book of Hebrews is so consistent with Paul. If it wasn't Paul, it was sure somebody that was anointed just like Paul. Okay, but th this is uh, he. What he's doing here is explaining the difference between the Old and the New Testament ministries of the priest. All right. Now, in the Old Testament, the Levitical priesthood, okay, was passed on from generation to generation through the tribe of the Levites. Okay. That's the way it was done. Now, Melchizedek's priesthood was spoken of in this passage that we read is the new order. A spiritual priest of whom the Lord Yeshua is the high priest. We know that. It is passed on to us through his blood. Now, what did the old priesthood do? The old priesthood took the blood of the sacrificial lamb, sprinkled it upon the altar... Okay, upon the horns, upon the mercy seat, for the forgiveness of sin. What did Yeshua come and do? He died as the Lamb of God, the sacrificial Lamb. 
He died, and now the priesthood now no longer sacrifices the blood of lamb for the sins of the people. Yeshua came and did it once and for all. So now the priesthood is now changed. Now, the ultra-Orthodox Jews, and I, it may be the ultra-altar, that, that thing gets kind of wild when you get up in that area, but there's, still, there's a group that still sacrifices every year on the side of the mount there in, in Jerusalem, okay? Now, what, 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 what is their problem? Well, really not much different than the problem the church has. Okay, uh, and I don't mean because I think the church believes that you know that the blood of Yeshua was not. No, I don't mean that at all. But I uh, but I do understand that bless God that that this moved into something new. The law provided for the sacrifice of animal, and God provided by the power that He is for the remission of sin. So once a year. All of, all, of, all of Israel came to Jerusalem and blessed God upon that faithful day. The lamb was sacrificed in the evening. The blood was sprinkled and their sins was washed away for the whole year. Now, one of the things that, that and, I, and, and this is one of those Thomas 1-1s, okay, that's not in the scriptures, but it's worthy to, just to think about is the fact that because only once a year could their sins be, on that day, Pesach, removed, was why the people were not very successful the rest of the year because of the sin. Now, again, that, you're not going to find that in the Scripture, but that, that's really something to meditate about because it's truth. But through Christ coming and the fact that now... We are what? We are all of the royal priesthood. What does that mean? Well, the Levitical priesthood, the priest could go into the Holy of Holies, right? He could come before God. Now, you know, in case they had some rascal knucklehead among them, they just wrapped a cord around his ankle because when he went in before God, if there was sin in his life, guess what? He died, and if anybody went in and touched him, they died. So they just put a rope around his ankle, and if it's so, <laughs> can you imagine going in with a rope going, I hope it isn't my day. <laughs> and if, so they just pulled him out, okay? They just pulled him out with that rope and sent somebody else in. I've often wondered how many people, maybe at any one point in given time, had to end up going in. Doesn't say, does it? Well, the fact of it is now that now that we have uh, the uh, from Melchizedek, his priesthood that came forth with understanding and knowing that Yeshua would be still is the high priest. You bring this, you bring this together now, and because of the shedding of his blood, the Lamb of Almighty God, you and I are now being given access just like the priesthood. Now, remember, folks, before that, nobody got to enter into the Holy of Holies besides the Levitical priesthood, the Levites. Nobody did. I don't care who you were. No, you, no. Set up by the order of Moses, by God. 
Now, so Yeshua comes and he says, okay, boys and girls, he said, here's what we're going to do. He said, I, I'm the sacrifice lamb. The blood is the cleansing of your sins, eternal life. Now, I, I'm now going to leave. I'm going to sit at the right-hand side of the Father, and we're going to read, get the scriptures here. You'll have them. To forever make intercession for you. I've heard some preachers say he is our lawyer that will argue our case for our sin. That we will be forgiven through him now. You can do that anytime. You don't have to wait once a year. You don't have to wait till Pesach to do that. You can do it today, tonight, tomorrow. I've taught the ministry to always pray and ask God to forgive them of their sins before they ever walk behind a holy bema. Okay? You've got to do that. You've got to be pure. You've got to be clean. You need to do that. Now listen to me. Before you begin to pray, you need to do that every time. You pray three times a day. Before you start praying, you need to ask the Lord God to wash away the sin through the blood of His Holy Son, Yeshua, that He, that he, that he, that he poured out upon the cross. All righty. Are you learning anything? Amen. Praise be to God. All right. So, uh, of course, the, the, the priest's responsibility back in the Levitical priesthood was stand before and between. Uh, he stood before God to minister to him with sacrifices and offerings. The priest also stood between a righteous God and a sinful man, bringing them together. I love that. The place of the blood of the sacrifice. And that's what it was all about. Now, as I said, Yeshua came. Now, let's go, let's, let's go to Isaiah. Isaiah 59, 16. Okay? Isaiah 59, uh, 16. And he saw that there was no man and wondered that there was no intercessor. Wow. Therefore his arm brought salvation unto him, and his righteousness, it sustained him. Now, in 1 Timothy 2.5, if you'll turn there, 1 Timothy 2.5, it says, For there is one God and one mediator, that word means intercessor, between God and men, the man Yeshua. So you, uh, you see, scripturally, that now we understand that, bless God, there is one intercessor that stands between God and men. Romans 8.34. Turn there with me. 8.34 Romans. It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Oh, wow. So if, if, if the Lord God, now can you imagine, of course now don't, don't spend a lot of time with this because it will hurt your brain. How does God, how does Yeshua intercede continually for you and I, and you and I can't seem to get up and spend an hour a day interceding for somebody else? Shamey, shamey, shamey. 
come on, folks. Let's get with the program here. This, th- this thing's got a whole lot more to do about than just me, myself, and I. The dependency that God has on this intercession thing is going to make the difference of you and I going to Israel or you and I staying home. Okay? Well, praise be to the Lord. Now, <clears throat> Hebrews 7.25. Turn there with me. And these are just further proofs of what Yeshua is all about. 7.25 of Hebrews. Wherefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, through Christ. Seeing he ever liveth, wow, to make intercession for them. That's what he's all about, all right? The whole thing's pretty simple. Yeshua himself brings sinful man and righteousness of God together at the place of the blood sacrifice for sin, which is him. No longer is the blood of animals necessary, as I said, okay? We now have the New Testament in his blood, okay? I'm with you again. It was one of the biggies that, that the church misconstrued, thinking that, the, oh, this, this is the New Testament. That's the Old Testament. It, whoa, it's all passed away. Well, that's, you know, again, if you don't understand that, uh, uh, you know, you just if you're new, get the material, study it. There is no scriptural basis to bless God that the covenant that the Lord God Yahweh made was done away with. Actually, to the contrary. All right. Hebrews four fourteen. Hebrews four fourteen through sixteen. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that has passed into the heavens. Hallelujah. Yeshua, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our profession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. And that, my brothers and sisters, is what causes people like me to be able to do what I do. He can be touched with our infirmities. He has a compassion about our infirmities. Whether it's a hangnail on your little toe, hmm? or something of the magnitude of... I've never seen a leg grow that wasn't there yet. I've never seen a finger that was cut off ever grow yet. But I will. How do you know you will? Because I have done not everything that he did, but a lot of things that Yeshua did. But I'm assured of one thing. We are the generation, the only generation that there has ever been after his ascension that was going to do greater works than even he did. But, folks, it won't be done without intercession. Intercession is the key. You're going to have to worry about somebody besides yourself. Okay? You're just going to have to smack your flesh. And you're going to have to get away from the childish things. Now, let us therefore come boldly, 16, under the throne of God, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Now, the, the neat thing about this come boldly under the throne of grace, too many people, 
You don't like, 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 for instance, if this was the throne room. It's not. Some of us are going, uh, excuse me, Lord, uh, could I pretty please, uh, you know, I need to pay my bills this week. What do you think? No, you won't want to hear what he's got to think about that. But no, we can come boldly as the royal priesthood as we are into the throne room of grace. And say, Father, through the name of your holy son, Yeshua, I come unto you this day. I petition you, Lord God, for my brother, for my sister. That yea, that by the stripes of its healing of your holy son, Yeshua, they are healed. I remind you of this, my Lord, and my God, so that I would fulfill the scripture that you said. Now listen to me. And this is important. Bring to my remembrance. Not enough of you are bringing to his remembrance. Okay, you're not doing that. You're just getting in there and you quote a couple of verses and, and then, bless God, you just, uh, you know, you take off and do your own thing and then you get everything a mess and then you get on the phone with Donna. Yeah, you do. <laughs> you better be glad the prophet don't answer the phone. Boy, you better be glad. Oh, let's, I could write a book, maybe two or three of them. Big books. We're going to get there, okay? Now, he was our intercessor while he was here on earth. Yeshua, okay? He prayed for those that were sick and possessed of demons, and they were set free. He prayed for his disciples. He prayed for, for you when he interceded for all those who would believe on him, on Yeshua, okay? He continued his ministry of intercession after his death. And that's big-time stuff. When he returned to heaven, he now serves as our intercessor in heaven itself. Now, let, let me bring up a point here. I shared this with the brothers, and I want to I I give you a little nugget here to think about. I like to give you things to think about, don't I? I can like give you a lot of things for you to work at that might be a little different. Now, the Lord Yeshua had ascended unto heaven. We know that. We, we read that part, or can read that part. Then when Brother Paul was on the road, and a great light came upon him, and Jesus Jesus spoke to him. Was, was that Yeshua? Well, yeah, I said it was. No, no, it wasn't. Yeshua has never left the right-hand side of the Father in the throne room since he ascended. Now, let me clear. No, Paul wasn't an idiot or stupid. The Lord said, my name is in them. I mean the angels, right? So, the angel comes. The angels come to me represent the Lord. His name is in them. It's just like he himself has come. All right? But you need, you need, to, you need to meditate that. This, big time stuff. This, this stuff of people saying, well, Jesus, come into the room late at night. 
Oh, he said, what did he look like? Well, Brother Deckard, he had blonde hair and blue eyes. I said, really? We ought to get the picture and hang it up here so you all know what Jesus looks like in case he shows up, all right? Look out. Oh, I used to floor people. I mean, I, I get I, I just love, I just love to get in churches in areas where they have a little bit of problem about being white and black. All of a sudden, the Lord say, "Tell him." See, Yeshua was a black man. My Lord, you thought I'd blaspheme the Holy Ghost on the spot? The crowd would go, whoa! I said, no kidding. Isn't that just like God? Come on. God's looking here, folks. Get over what color you are. One time I had a big church down in Evansville, Indiana, and one of the churches was there. And so I began, to, I began to draw a number of the black community. We were right toward downtown in Evansville, and they didn't like that. So they uh, put together a campaign, and they went door to door and told the entire community that this, 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 this Prophet Deckard character didn't like the blacks. Oh, yeah, that's what, that's what I told and so anyway, like all things, it comes back to me one way or the other. And so I'm on the radio there in Evansville and on TV at that time. And so I'm in the Bema, and the Lord God said, open up your mouth. And when he does that, then I know that, that bless God, I'm about to prophesy. And I never know what it is, but anyway. So I opened up my mouth, and here's what I said. I said, I, I want to speak especially to the ministerial board, the black ministerial board in the community of Evansville, Indiana. I said, the Lord God would want me to tell you, to date, I have laid hands on more black people than I ever will the rest of my life of white people. And that was the truth. And boy, I'm telling you, I, you talk about starting a, a firestorm. People got coming back. They got coming to me and saying, well, why would they say that about you? And I said, jealousy. Jealousy is probably one of the biggest enemies I have. Preachers won't befriend me because they're jealous of me. Because they couldn't have this kind of anointing turned loose in this room or a place of a quarter of a million people if they prayed the rest of their days 24 hours a day. And they can't stand to think that there could be a real honest-to-good Elijah on this earth in this last day and this hour. I didn't volunteer for this. No, nor do I even want this. Isn't exactly my cup of tea. The only thing I'm going to be worried about is me and mine getting to heaven. Now I've got to worry about me and mine and you and yours. Does that make sense? <laughs> Say thank you, prophet. Now, the thing of it is, as, as intercessors, 
we are going to have to understand that we are of the royal priesthood. We're going to have to understand that we can boldly go into the throne room of grace. We have to understand that, yes, Yeshua is sitting at the right-hand side of the Father, making intercession forever for us. We have to understand those things. Now, if we can understand those things, the rest of this is a piece of cake. If we can't understand these things, we've got to go back to <laughs> square one. But you, I know you do. But I, 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 I'm walking you slowly through this. I want you to understand the process. I want you to understand the power that there is in intercession. If you can get away from me, myself, and I in your case. You have to put everybody else first. Now, I told you before, didn't I? And I don't think we've read that scripture yet. We'll get to it. Pray you one for another. My job is to pray for you. Your job is to pray for me. Now, if I was to ask you how many of you prayed for me uh, over the last uh, you know, week or two, now, it, that may be one vote, but if I ask after last night how many, which I mentioned this, would have prayed for me sometime between the time you left here and came back this morning, I would hope there's a few more numbers, a few more hands would go up. Now, we're going to do that because I don't want to get disappointed. It's not good to disappoint the prophet, okay? <laughs> Just kidding. I'm not disappointed. But, but, but what I'm saying is, folks, that is where we have to go. We're going to have to move over in. And to do that, you're going to have to smack your face. You're going to have to grow up. You're going to have to say, that's it. I tried it my way. It didn't work, so let's do it the prophet's way. Let's do it God's way. Then, then we're going to get somewhere. So like I said, if every one of you in this room will walk into what I'm teaching this weekend... I'm telling you what, you, 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 you want to talk about devils starting to run. And see, that's really what's got to happen. Satan knows who I am. I'm always looking for a good spiritual fight because I know I win. Not just every once in a while, I know I win every time. Why? Because I understand who I am in him. I understand the way into the throne room. I understand my rights after I get into the throne room with the Lord. And I won't take anything less than 100% of what I'm going after. Not 95, not 98, 100%. I'm there on your behalf. Are you there on my behalf? And, and, and folks, I, you know, uh, and please, I, I'm not saying that for condemnation that's not I want you to think I want you to think if you're not then then you're going to have to you're going to have to bring yourself over into that area because we we have to fulfill scripture and what I'm giving you is scriptural hey thank you again so much that's prophet Tom Deckard Mount Carmel Illinois Cradle of Hope Ministries again you can get more information out at the website www.jewishprophet.com get out there do yourself a favor Find out what's going on here, and you won't be disappointed. So, again, you can also get more. All the tape series is out there on the website for you to get a hold of. I greatly encourage you to get all that. You can also email your prayer request to cradle at jewishprophet.com, and we'll be praying for your prayer request. Again, that's cradle at jewishprophet.com. Shalom. Until next week, remember, with God, all things are possible. 